Welcome to the Physician Grind Podcast. I got this one wrong. I know that now. I thought this wouldn't hit us. It wouldn't be that bad. It's all overblown. Social media hysteria in its worst form. Sadly, I was wrong. In the first week, we saw a handful of worried well, just like everybody else. Typical cough and cold symptoms, but nothing too bad. They got tested while we still had tests to do and were discharged home with instructions to self-quarantine for two weeks. Tylenol, ibuprofen, chicken noodle soup, the usual. But then I saw my first really sick COVID-19 patient, a male in his early 40s who had recently returned home from West Africa where his family still lived. No past medical history and he admitted to being in general good health. He initially had a couple of, a couple of days of just feeling run down. Then he developed high fevers and muscle aches. He thought he would ride it out at home with his roommate who had similar symptoms, but then he felt as if he couldn't breathe. That's when he called 911. We had the heads up from EMS so everybody was prepared. We had pappers, gowns, gloves, all the usual protective gear. He arrived and was able to move himself from the EMS gurney onto ours. Vital signs notable for hypoxia with an oxygen level in the high 70s and tachycardia. He was breathing fast, but was able to tell me his name and, a, and briefly what was going on. He was awake, alert, not well-appearing, but certainly not awful. His story was concerning enough that we were fairly sure he had COVID-19. We started our work up, and the nurse drew labs and swabbed him for testing. Flu testing was negative. Labs notable for leukocytosis with lymphopenia and slightly elevated LFTs. A single-view chest x-ray was done, and its images sealed the diagnosis bilateral dense interstitial infiltrates. As he was in the ED, we had started the conversation on where he would go. We did have ICU capabilities at this hospital, which was a level three trauma center located in a small mountain town in Colorado, but this patient may be too sick for us. His work of breathing was beginning to worsen and I could tell he was tiring out. The decision was made to innovate and transfer down to our bigger level one facility. Critical care was notified and we began getting things ready for innovation. I told them the plan. I said we would give him some medication to make him sleepy and would then place a tube to help him breathe. He would be asleep and wouldn't feel a thing. It's hard to hear much while wearing a papper, but I could hear what he said to me at that moment. He looked up and in a thick West African accent asked me if he was going to wake up. I put my hand on his shoulder and told him he was going to be just fine. I hoped I was reassuring, not only for him, but for myself as well. His oxygen saturation was high 80s despite having 15 liters oxygen via non-rebreather face mask. He was given RSI meds and video laryngoscopy was performed. The procedure itself was not terribly difficult, but his oxygen saturation dropped precipitously. The tube was in place and ballooned up within 20 seconds, but his O2 sats were now in the 30s. This man who had arrived awake and alert two hours previously was now dying. We bagged him up with a peep valve attached to the BVM, but could only get saturations in the mid 80s. He was placed on the vent and settings were adjusted, but he quickly required 20 of PEEP and high FiO2. Initial PaO2 was in the low 40s. Imaging showed what appeared to be a dense infiltrate bilaterally, but there was some concern that the right lung had a possible effusion. CT imaging was ordered but quickly denied. Our hospital had one CT scanner and using it for a COVID-19 patient would mean two hours downtime for a deep clean. This hospital served five large ski areas, and on any given day, there's often a line out the door for CT scanning due to trauma. Taking the only CT scanner offline for two hours was not an option. Ultrasound was attempted, but sadly, I couldn't truly differentiate effusion from infiltrate. 
to attempt better oxygenation, I placed a chest tube in the right lung, hoping to get fluid out. This was to little avail. No fluid, no improved oxygenation. Patient was redosed with a paralytic and RT continued to adjust vent settings. The ICU at our large center one hour down the road was now out of the question. He needed ECMO. He was accepted at a facility two and a half hours away that had ECMO capabilities. We did our best to optimize his vent set and sedation settings and sent him down. The following day his roommate came into the ED, also in his 40s with no past medical history. He was made aware of his friend's condition and thought he should be evaluated as he too was feeling worse. Same symptoms, roughly the same vitals, and nearly identical chest x-ray. Surely this was the same diagnosis, COVID-19. Thankfully, he did not deteriorate quite as quickly. He was admitted to the ICU, but did require intubation two days later. He was also transferred, but ultimately did not require ECMO. His roommate, now two weeks out from his initial ED presentation, remains intubated, sedated, and on ECMO. He is prone with optimal vent settings, but still he worsens. This disease is not only for the frail and elderly. It will claim the lives of young and healthy people. I got it wrong initially, but am now fully aware of its potential. Our mountain town has since closed all ski resorts. There is a mandated stay-at-home order in place. We are social distancing in attempts to prevent complete collapse. My hope is that it will work, but only time will tell. And this wraps up another episode of the Physician Grind podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a rating and review. The Physician Grind podcast is a forum where healthcare providers can share stories. If you have a story you'd like to share, email us. Our contact information is in the show notes. Thanks for listening.